Another episode of Gonzaga Nation SI. Today's guest, one of the most connected in the world of basketball, especially at this time of year, because from what I can tell and the conversations that we've had in the past, the, the passion of his is the NBA draft and the lead up to the draft. He's got experience on the agent side. He's got experience in the front office side. He's even spent some time as a coach, none other than Matt Babcock. Matt, thanks for joining. Hey, Dan. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So talked about the three angles that you've worked uh, in professional basketball. Give us a little bit about your coaching, because if I'm not mistaken, it was a short stint. Why did you decide or enjoy the front office or evaluation side more? You know, I grew up in basketball, as you know, my you know my dad, my two uncles have all worked in the NBA for, for a long time. But, uh, you know, before my dad uh, started working in the front office for the Milwaukee Bucks, he was a college coach for, uh, you know, until I was, what, 13 or 14 years old. So grew up as a coach's son and, and really wanted to follow in his footsteps and, uh, you know, knew I wanted to work in basketball. And so my, you know, I was a player, I was a walk-on at the uh, University of Arizona. And uh, my first job was, my first full-time job was a development coach for Virtus Bologna uh, team in Italy. And, um, you know, when I got over there, I mean, part of it, I was a little homesick living in Italy as a, you know, a young guy, uh, but you know, really didn't like the regiment schedules that, you know, kind of comes with being an assistant coach. And uh, it's just, it's just the grind. And I, and I was always really attracted to um, the draft, you know, just kind of, you know, be, being a fly on the wall in my dad's office or my uncle's offices and uh, scouting meetings and, you know, going, going, you know, tagging along when they scouted games and uh, fell into the agency business. I did the, this was a sports agent for 10 years and, and really it was just uh you know, young guys just trying to get as good a job as I possibly could, you know, when I was in my early twenties and did that for 10 years and realized, Hey, you know what, I need to get back to, you know, closer to my roots working directly in basketball, which you know, I really felt like my true calling was scouting and, you know, evaluating talent. Well, this is the time of year where everybody thinks they have an eye for talent. Everybody thinks that they're a true scout and an evaluator. But what most uh, average fans don't understand and realize is many times for a guy that is about to get drafted here at the end of the month, scouts like yourself have been looking at and kind of mining information sometimes for a couple of years. Is that true? And how much detailed information and in, in uh, kind of processing uh, notes and evaluations go into a, a prospect. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, a, a lot. I mean, for example, last week I was in Colorado Springs for uh, USA Basketball had a 16 under a mini camp for, for their team they just put together, and I mean, they're all all these kids were 15, 16 years old, and so myself and, and pretty much pro I think probably a scout from each team in the league had somebody there, and so yeah, we're we're gonna start early on these guys, 15, 16 years old. Um, you know, and then, you know, I think now there, there's so much um, information that's publicly accessible, uh, you know, film and whatnot. And so you get a lot of these independent scouts. I, I think the one difference, you know, from an MBA standpoint is the amount of intel uh, gathering that's that's put put into this. And, um, you know, that's a huge part of what we're doing. I, I run the NBA draft for Cerebro uh, Sports, which is a, a scouting service. And uh, essentially, we're, we're just gathering information on, on all these kids' backgrounds and, uh, you know, trying to figure out you know, what makes them tick. Uh, and so that's that's a huge part of it, too. And obviously the, the the medical testing as well during this time, which, you know, not everybody gets access to that as well. So the on, on court talent is just part of the equation. And there's there's a lot of work to be done by these teams. I think it's pretty safe to say, at least from what I can tell, what I've read, clips I've watched, there's a consensus top three. Victor Wimbanyama going to be the number one pick. If he's not, I, I, I would be shocked. Uh, then I think it's Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, depending on, you know, really who is picking it to what fits them. Do they have a trade that comes up? 
do you agree with those as the top three consensus? And then after that, who might be called next? Yeah, I mean, my, my personal board, I have Victor number one, like everyone else. And then I have Scoot Henderson slightly ahead of Brandon Miller. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree that that's the consensus top three. And uh, right after that, I, I'd probably put the Thompson twins from overtime elite. I, I think uh, I, I, I'd probably give Ahmed Thompson a slight edge over Asar. Uh, but that's that's that first first group for me. Well, this is a, a Gonzaga-centric uh, podcast, as you know. And so lots of listeners are going to be interested in uh, Drew Timmy and Julian Strother, what they did or did not show and do at the NBA Combine in Chicago a couple weeks back, as well as what their prospects are. Now, Timmy played in the five-on-five games. Julian Strother did not. What goes into the decision-making process for a player like Julian to not play in Chicago? You know, I mean, this time of year, agents are, are are doing their stuff, right? Playing playing games, trying to control the narrative as much as possible. I, I don't know anything specifically of why Julian didn't play. Uh, I, I would have liked to see him play. I mean, as, as I would pretty much any any guy. Uh, but you know, I think with both of these players, um, you know, at this point, I mean, we've all we've all scouted them so much. I mean, they're they're veteran college players. And, um, you know, I, I, I personally, you know, try not to do, you know, a knee jerk reaction on evaluation. So if a guy plays really well or plays poorly in one game, I mean, if you do your job well, it shouldn't sway you too much. I, I think it's, it's uh, usually a, a bigger stage for guys that aren't as well known. I mean, last year, Jalen Williams from Santa Clara really moved the needle for himself. And I think part of it was, you know, staffs as, as a whole probably didn't know him quite as well as the guy like Drew Timmy, who we've seen on such a big stage for you know four years. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't look at it as a make or break for either one of those guys. When you see how Drew Timmy performed, um, you know, the clips that I watched for the small stretches, he did Drew Timmy things. Now, his game doesn't, it, it's not like cut and paste, you go to the NBA, you're going to have success. He's He's got to acclimate his skill set to the NBA game. What are his biggest uh, obstacles right now in a front office's mind? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the college game, the NBA game have really changed uh, in recent years. I mean, it, it changed from one another. I think the college game hasn't changed at all. It's the same. Uh, the NBA is evolving. I mean, it's so spread out. Uh, floor spacing, you know, comes on a premium right now, even with big guys. And with Drew Timmy, I mean, he's your classic low post scorer. And so I think uh, he's going to have to adapt the NBA. And so, I mean, seeing him in a game at the combine, I mean, he, he did well. I mean, he's he's got a knack to put the ball in the hole. Uh, I think what's going to be interesting is, is he going to be able to step into a smaller role in the NBA and, and be effective enough to, to stick? And I, you know, I think a big part of that is on the defensive end. You know, I mean, is he going to be able to keep up with the the the, the higher speed and, and more floor spacing? And so t- time will tell. He, he will he'll, he'll get his shot. Uh, but I mean, I you know, I think the evaluation continues even, even after he gets in the league. I've said that Drew Timmy to me would be a curveball in the NBA because there's very few players that score on the low block with the. And he is not doing it at the NBA level yet, but I would imagine with some time he he would be a problem to defend down there. He's almost a curveball, but that curveball would have to fit within a front office's and a coaching staff's philosophy about how you want to build uh, your your second unit. Am I correct in assuming that? 
Yeah, no, I think he needs to find somebody that that believes him. And obviously, I mean, that, that goes for any player. Uh, and, and I do believe you could put him in NBA game and he'll he'll do Drew Timmy things. You know, like, like you mentioned, he, he's just he, he's just really got a knack of you know putting the ball in the hole, even if it comes within the flow of the game. I, I don't think he necessarily needs sets run run for him like like it was at Gonzaga. Um, so yeah, the, the defensive end to me is the big the big question mark. And and obviously, if he's able to uh, you know improve his outside shooting and make that a bigger part of his game, that that would help his upside as well so you build out some different mock drafts uh leading up to the draft uh where do you have julian strother and drew timmy slotted uh if they are to be drafted where do you uh, expect them to go yeah with julian i've got him at 49 right now which you know might be on the low end for him i, I think you know in the second round specifically that there's a lot of wings uh and so i think you know it's really going to come to teams you know looking at these these uh these versatile, you know, big wings. It's just what's your what's your preference? I mean, I think there's a grouping of, of you know a handful of guys or more uh, that you could probably debate of you know how you rank them and whatnot. And um, you know, so we'll, we'll see how, how it plays out. But I, I think he's probably a solid second round pick somewhere. Uh, Timmy, I've got him you know towards the end uh, end of the second round. Uh, he could go higher, uh, but he could also go undrafted. I, I think he's somewhat polarizing depending on who you're talking to. Um, you know, how much do you value what he does well? You know, compared to you know what what his deficiencies are. There's two other players out of the WCC that uh, have been on draft boards. One of them was on board since the start of the year, and that's Maxwell Lewis from Pepperdine. The other, Brandon Pajimski, was from Santa Clara, was literally an unknown, only averaged about a point a game at Illinois before going to Santa Clara. Uh, what are you hearing about both of those guys? Um, because I've been impressed with both of them, probably Pajimski more than Maxwell Lewis, although I both think they'll be drafted. What do you see? Yeah, they both have a lot of buzz, and they've had a lot of buzz all year. Both are uh, sort of analytics uh, sweethearts, if you will. And uh, yeah, Max Lewis, I mean, very long wing, shot the ball well this year. Um, you know, he's he's looking like he's got a chance of being a first round pick. And with uh, Pazimski, uh, he he was terrific at the combine. Just a really tough, well rounded guard. Uh, does does a little bit of everything. Uh, it's interesting he didn't didn't play much his freshman year at Illinois. That, that's sort of. Uh, you know, mind-boggling, but great, great year. Uh, has gotten some some interest uh, in, in the first round. Uh, I, I personally see him more as a solid second. Uh, but yeah, both both these guys, even though they're coming from a smaller conference, uh, look like they're they're in a good spot. Well, Matt, appreciate the time. I know you got lots of uh, other media requests going on right now. You got lots of uh, evaluation uh, assignments on your board. So thanks for carving out some time for us today. Not Dan, really appreciate it.